Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. Alright, welcome to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I'm Chris. And I'm Noah. And, well, today's guest, she's been on the show before, for any of you long-time listeners. Um, she's the she's a theater professor at the University of Northern Iowa. This is Greta. Woohoo! Hey, Noah. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me back. As I was saying while we were waiting to get started, it's really an honor to be invited for a, a second appearance on your podcast. Yeah, one of my uh, good friends, he, he mentioned to me how much he enjoyed listening to the episode. So, he would, I, And I've heard that from a few other listeners, too. So, yeah, we're excited to have you on, and uh, you have a really cool uh, project in the works. And so I let's do. just dive in. And, and I do. At my you... age, I've decided I'm only doing things that are fun and cool. <laughs> that 30, don't damage my body. So 35? <laughs> and a half. 35 and a half. Um all right, so as your uh, listeners may know, and as I know the two of you know, I am um, very involved in creating theater pieces for young people mm-hmm. and creating those pieces uh, through the lens or from the perspective of, first and foremost, being inclusive of individuals with autism and other developmental delays. And I have done four such productions mm-hmm. so far since 2011, and they have all been based on what are considered to be um, best practices for creating theater for audiences that include individuals with autism. So they are engaging, they're participatory, they are sensory aware, they provide opportunities for unrestricted seating. So you can move Mm -hmm. and sit wherever you want. As you know from coming to see these shows, I take the seats out. Well, with this new production, To Touch the Moon... I'm really trying something different. I'm still doing best practices, mm-hmm. um, but I am enlarging and expanding that vision in a way that, to the best of my knowledge, no one has quite done yet. All right. And I'm a big believer that college and university, colleges and universities in general, but especially college and university arts programs, are in the perfect position to experiment with Mm -hmm. new ways of doing things because, by and large, we don't have the same fiscal... um, I don't want to say... Fiscal um, repercussions if something fails, all right? So if a nonprofit theater tries something risky and it doesn't work, it's hard for them to regroup that money. Sure. Right now, I'm not saying I'm being irresponsible with uh, with the funds um, that I have, but we don't rely on box office, so things work a little bit differently. I'm also in a position to um, write grants and all kinds of stuff. So, what makes this production different? Why? Well, first of all, let me tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called "To Touch the Moon," and I'm creating the piece along with 20 university students. So we're creating okay. it from scratch. So this is this uh, are all the students at U and I. All of the students are at U and I, but okay. we have an advisory team, which I can tell you about, which includes scientists and autism educators and Andy Chaikin, who is like the Apollo mission historian. All right, when you watch documentaries That's about cool. Apollo Eleven, it is always 
Andy Chaikin. It is really cool. It's really cool. All right. And um, oh, so university students. And the reason for To Touch the Moon, even being in my head, is that this year, 2019, is the mm-hmm. 50th anniversary of the first lunar landing. Yeah. Yeah. And you are way too young to remember this, and you're probably way too young to remember this too. But I remember I was um, 13 years old mm-hmm. when we landed on the moon. Okay. And I, it absolutely captured my imagination. And... And I know it sounds really funny, but, you know, I'm a kid and I'm watching this on television and we're seeing them walking on the moon. And then I'd look out the window and I'd look to see if I could see them, even mm-hmm. though I knew I wouldn't be able to. It was just it was just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. All right. And I got to thinking as this 50th anniversary was coming up, what 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 must it have been like to have been the first person to see something? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could recreate that theatrically? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my imagination just mm-hmm. took the best of me. All right. <laughs> I'm creating to touch the moon. It's not just a single play, though. That's the title of the adventure. Okay. Audiences come three different times, three different days, and they see three different episodes that are all a part of this to touch the moon mm-hmm. adventure. Okay. All right. Um, and the all of the episodes are what we call immersion theater. What that means is that there's no audience. The people who attend become participants in the adventure. So I can't just get popcorn and sit and no! No, 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 there's no, first of all, there's no popcorn on the moon, okay? But no, no, there are no passive observers, all right? So audiences are limited to 15 young people. Okay. And then there are 15 university actors, and so everybody gets partnered up. Okay. And each time you come, you are told what your role is, you are prepared briefly for the adventure you're going to have and then it happens Mm -hmm. and it's called immersion theater because we immerse you in the environment in which the adventure happens and Mm -hmm. while it is true that we have um you know we've outlined some things that we hope will occur Mm -hmm. is also an element of choose your own adventure yeah of course yeah so um episode one takes place modern day Okay. And the premise is that a brand new sort of um, discovery has been made in Iowa. Mm-hmm. All right. A, a rock formation that for some reason no one had ever stumbled upon. And we have been chosen mm-hmm. to be the first group of explorers to go in and explore this this setting. Mm-hmm. And so you walk into the theater mm-hmm. and there it is. And every young person playing the role of explorer is partnered with a university student who's also an explorer and you've got things to do you've got rocks to photograph you've got information that you're uh, making notations of and and you can go anywhere all right you can crawl over the place there's a water source there's a couple (laughs) of trees and then um and and um and we're Inside that we've taken all the seats out of the theater, mm-hmm. and instead what we're putting in is we're building an enormous dome. 
So it's almost like being inside a snow globe. My my vision was like inside a planetarium. Mm -hmm. All right? So it's a 360 thing. And then we're projecting stuff. So when you come in, the sun is shining, Mm -hmm. there's clouds. But as you're there exploring, the day moves into sunset and the moon comes up. Okay. And now we're going to gather around a fire circle and we're going to tell stories around the fire circle. And, of course, because we're focusing on the moon, mm-hmm. we're going to tell stories about the moon and share those. That's the end of episode one. Wow. All right. So when a young person comes, um, you know, it, they may have an adult with them. Mm-hmm. All right. And so only 15 adults. in. so each young person can bring one adult with them. Or a young person can bring themselves and a sibling yeah. and an adult. But it's limited to 15 young people, 15 mm-hmm. adults. All mm-hmm. right. And you're thinking, well... I'm an adult. I can just sit and watch popcorn, watch my kid. No, the adults play roles too. All right. But very passive because we understand that you know, it's a little different for adults. All right. So, for example, Chris, if you and Noah and Henry were to come to episode one, Noah and Henry would be explorers. Mm-hmm. You would have a very important job. You would have to sit in a camp chair at this this you know campsite place and you would be taking notes on taking what notes. you see or sketching all right okay <laughs> which means that gives you a chance then and what that does is it gives um the adult a role to play they're part of the immersive theater experience but then it gives them this beautiful opportunity to watch their young person mm-hmm. in the space nice yeah yeah. yeah 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 and episode two so then that one's done and mm-hmm. you come back the next day and now you're in a totally different place okay you're in building nine at johnson space center and now it's 1969 and you are an astronaut in training. Okay. So when you come into Building 9, you're greeted by a NASA scientist who's going to take you around to five different training sessions to prepare you for your moon mission. You're going to learn how to um, work with rocks, mm-hmm. how to classify them in terms of color on a color scale, and whether they're smooth or rough, and you're mm-hmm. going to estimate their weight because you're limited to bringing back only about 50 pounds of rock. Yeah. All right. And they weigh a lot less on the moon. So you've got to do that, you know, that math thing in your head. Mm-hmm. All right. You learn how to, you practice walking in your moon boots mm-hmm. on uneven surfaces. You, oh, we've got the cameras that they wore, they were strapped to them. And you practice taking video. All right. But shooting from your chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, let's see what else. Um, oh, uh, oh, working with the tools. On the moon. Okay. The scooper and the shovel, and we're going to take some core samples, and then you got to learn how to set up the experiments. Mm-hmm. The seismograph and the solar wind experiment. Mm. Me, talking science, can you believe this? <laughs> um, just a quick question. Is it the same set for all three days? No! It's not. Oh, my no, God. No, that's what makes it even wackier, Noah. So you come to episode one, and it's this rock formation present day. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah. You come the next, you're in a totally different space. Now you're on the main stage, and it's building nine. Okay. You come the next day, though, and you're back in the first theater. Oh, And now okay. we're going to be on the moon. Okay. So we're doing these crazy changeover things. So when you come for episode three, we're going to the moon. Mm-hmm. We're recreating the Lem, the eagle. In the space, but ours is different because it's going to see it. It won't see. It. I mean, it's, it has enough room for ten mm-hmm. astronauts. Yep. All right, and five university astronauts, and then we have mission control. Nice. So some of the kids are at mission control. Okay. And we've got the councils and the projections and video. I mean, it's inspired by the original lunar landing. Mm-hmm. All right, we're not we're not 
replicating history here. And now we're not trying to do exactly what happened because, of course, we can't. We're taking, you know, 15 kids to the moon, not two men, all right? But we're inspired by that story. They're going to climb down the ladder. They're going to collect rocks. They're going to, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was just a little excited. Yeah, I can tell. Because <laughs> I've never done anything like this before, where you've got this completely immersive exp- um, experience, small audiences of 15, uh, adults are playing a role, but in a more passive observatory kind of thing. You've got um, young people making choices, actually doing some science as part of it, um, but having this you know, amazing discovery opportunity. And it's great for the university students because we're learning all about... Um, they're all learning about the Apollo 11 mission, how to do immersion theater, but then there's these fabulous technical theater challenges of the changeovers. Yeah, it, how is the how would this set compare to other sets that you guys do? Is it, I mean, from a challenge or... Well, it, it's pretty complicated. You know, this dome is pretty complex. Yeah. So what we did is we hired the um, public art... Oh, it's got a name. There's a facility on, on the, in the art department... And we contracted them to bend the wood okay. to make the ribs. Okay. And then the covering okay. is an army surplus parachute. Oh. $1,500 worth of army <laughs> surplus parachute. It's, I forget. It's like 150 feet wide. It's ginormous. Wow. All right. And so this, the set is just really unusual. It's a really unusual environment. I think you're going to forget that you're in a theater because we're really trying to build this place. There's mm-hmm. going to be a place for them to leave their footprint on the surface of the moon. Um, where we've hired a projectionist so that uh, the audience will see the earth rise just like Buzz and Neil did and they'll see, we're going to uh, use video from the actual lunar landing mm-hmm. so they, they recreate that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. As part of preparing for this, I got a grant from the Iowa Space Consortium which is sort of the state NASA agency is how I think of them. They mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's, it's federal money and it's a, you know, it's, it's a NASA related program. And they sent uh, Mark Parrott, who's the designer and I to Huntsville, the space camp. Uh-huh. So we were there for a long weekend and uh, did some research. And then last June, they sent us to Johnson Space Center so we could do some more. It's, it's just been, it's a blast. It is so, so much fun. What was, what was their response to what you were doing? I will tell you that every single person that I have talked to, either at Iowa Space Consortium Mm -hmm. or at any of these places I visited that Mm -hmm. are part of the NASA organization, they were so excited. Mm -hmm. They were so excited. Mm -hmm. And then when you take a look at the advisory board where I have people like this, um, Andy Chaikin and Tim Dodd, who plays, who's the everyday astronaut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They are just wild with excitement. Tim Dodd has been into class two or three times. Uh, we've Skyped with Andy Chaikin. Um, you know, he's answered some questions. Is a, the director of the Iowa Space Consortium is a former flight director for NASA. His first name is Tomas, and he's been great, you know, at, at consulting with us on how things really work in mission control. The industrial technology department is building our mission control panels and the LEM panels. <laughs> they, they Because they couldn't find little buttons that they thought were... Yeah. Accurate enough. They 3D printed them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's so awesome. <laughs> it is. It is so incredibly awesome. So are, are students in the industrial tech program doing this? Yeah, they're helping build that, that, yeah, that control not, panels. Yeah. Because So when you say the industrial tech 
department. It's not the professor. It's like the it's st- a professor in collaboration, collaboration. with his students, right? Mm-hmm. So are they this. are they using that as part of their classwork, or is this kind of an extra thing for them? Or how um, does that it's, work? It's connected to some practicum projects. Okay. And. Um, you know, where they're working on some uh, wiring and design things. And what I really appreciated about the work that Sadiq did in collaboration with his students is he really made them think about the population that all of this work was intended for. And and that really um, informed some of the decisions that they made. It's part of the reason why they did the 3D printing, mm-hmm. so that they could get the the size and the colors of, appropriate for what we felt we needed mm-hmm. um, to help provide the right sort of visual um, symbols or, or uh, cues mm-hmm. uh, for our intended audience. He also found um, longer than usual toggle switches so that hands that perhaps didn't have um, it, it had a variety of uh, motor skill abilities sure. would be able to flip the toggle switches and stuff. Yeah. I just thought it was great. Yeah, that's that's really cool because you're involving so many people you know, from your theater department as part of the production. But this is great because this is spreading out across yeah, the campus. Art department, industrial technology. Yeah. Marcy Seavey, who's the director of our STEM education on campus, is on the advisory board. Um, she's been really helpful. She loves anything that has to do with rocks, so she came over and worked <laughs> with the actors um, on uh, teaching them about rocks. I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't teach them about rocks. I know nothing yeah. about geology. You know, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I could tell you the difference between basalt and granite, and you know. You can't take that for granted, I Make promise. Me, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I regret saying that now. You know, and I've had to learn a lot. And then and I had to learn it well enough that I could then refine and simplify it for uh, the variety of knowledge bases that, uh, you know, in terms of the audience that was going to come, you know, mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. there was something for everybody. Yeah. That's really cool. Pretty excited about it. So the show opens in April. Okay. And we are doing four school, four sets of, of episodes for um, Cedar, for students from Cedar Heights schools. We're partnering with them. And then we are doing two public performances as well. And because we only seat 15 kids, mm-hmm. we're not doing a whole lot of marketing and publicity. Rather, we're asking those families, such as those who might be listening to your podcast today or others that have worked with me, we're reaching out to them, you know, to, to contact me um, about reserving your three, your seats for all, all three episodes. And uh, the cost for attending all three is $15 total. That's for an adult and up to two young people. Okay. The public performances are April 19th and 20th. And April 27th and 28th. And the best way to find out more about reserving seats is to email me at the University of Northern Iowa. Okay. And I'll put the your email address perfect. in the show notes. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That's great. Wonderful. So for the public performances, just to be clear, there's three episodes, but they're on two, two Over days. Over two days. So Over for example... Days. There, episode one plays at 6.30 in the evening on Friday, April 19th. Okay. And then on Saturday, April 20th, episode two is at 11. Okay. And episode three is at four. Nice. Yeah. Um, but I also want to um, assure uh, anybody listening that you don't have to do the episodes in order. And you don't even have to do them all the same weekend. Yeah. So if you wanted oh, to do episode one on Friday, April 19th, and then do episode two 
Saturday, April 27th at 4, and episode 3, Sunday the 28th at 2. That That's all doable. That's yeah. all doable. Each episode lasts between 45 and 50 minutes, maybe 55 if kids are having a, a young people, the audience is really into it and, mm-hmm. you know, really having a fabulous interactive um, yeah. experience. Of course. I'm digging it. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. That's another joke you just made. I did not mean that to be a joke, <laughs> but here we are. You're taking all your... I'm so proud now I was doing all these these puns. Um. <laughs> that is great. No, what questions do you have for Greta about? Well, she covered a lot. I the, did. You know, it's the problem. The you invite work. me on the show, you ask me one question, <laughs> and then I just, you know, I, yeah. I just talk. And I, it's because yeah. I get so excited about what I'm doing. So... How long have you guys been working on this? Um, I have been Project. personally working on this for 18 months. Okay. All right. The students started, uh, this, I started working with the UNI students mm-hmm. in August. Okay. All right. Right at the start mm. of school. And um, I can tell you that as of today, we have a uh, story script for episodes three. Episodes two, and I'm just beginning to refine the story script for episode one. Okay. It's, you know, I, I think what is important for your listeners to try to wrap their heads around is how labor intensive this process is. You know, we have to study mm-hmm. Apollo 11, we have to study what it was like in NASA in 1969. What did the astronauts have to know mm-hmm. to be successful for this mission? They didn't spend a lot of time on the moon, but certainly their, their training was. Um, was pretty intense, you know, and then taking all of that information and deciding, all right, well, what, what are the parts that we feel are going to be the most interesting to our audience and which ones lead themselves to a, um, an adventure Mm -hmm. um, that can be explored and experienced um, in a way that is accessible. And then make some choices from there. So, you know, for every idea that we'll present in an episode, there are probably three or four that ended up in the trash heap. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the delete file. That's yeah. okay. I know. So it's part of the process. It is. It is part of the process. So our our mantra has sort of been, you know, offer an idea with passion, and then be ready to gently let it go when it yeah it just doesn't <laughs> of work. Of course. Yeah. 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 Of course. So what's been one of the more challenging aspects of this production versus some of the other productions that you've done? Well. When I did Palette of Possibility, which talked about color, yeah. a lot of creative license there, all right? Yeah. I, I did, you know, a Playful Inventions, where things that bounce. Lots of creative, you know, liberties there. Yeah. Even when we did um, Wonderland, which was loosely inspired by the book Alice in Wonderland, you still had all kinds of opportunities for inventive, playful, imaginatory explorations. This one is different because we're aligning ourselves with an actual historical event. Sure. And so where it's finding that balance between paying um, respect and um, homage uh, to the work that all of those people did to help us be successful in landing on the moon, but at the same time recognizing it's a play, it's a piece of theater, and mm-hmm. kind of finding that balance yeah. here a little bit. All right. So, you know, and it took a little time for all of us to give ourselves permission to play with it a little bit. And we're very mindful about being respectful of, mm-hmm. of, of everything that NASA did, but we're having a little bit of 
fun with it at yeah. the same time. Yeah, you know? of course. So. I was trying to think of questions because, again, you covered a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of the questions I was going to ask you answered, you're explaining. Um, let me think here. Well, one question I had while you were thinking, Noah, I think one of your prior productions you took on the road. I did. What's the chances of this going on the road? Given <laughs> Funny the... you should say that. All right. So I, I mentioned earlier that um, Iowa Space Consortium has been very supportive and they um, provided some grant money so that we could do some traveling. You know, they're curious mm-hmm. and they've got other mm-hmm. individuals from NASA curious as well. Mm-hmm. And so there is has been some um, preliminary discussion about having... Myself and um, members from the Iowa Space Consortium and Mark mm-hmm. Parrott, who's the designer, going to the National Space Consortium mm-hmm. conference in Washington, D.C. next December to share with other states what we did here mm-hmm. and to be able to, sh- uh, to share with them what we did mm-hmm. and why we feel it's important um, to autism edu- education in general but also autism education as it relates to the sciences and ways that the arts and sciences could come together. To me, this truly is what Mm. STEAM is supposed to be about. It it really kind of is. Mm -hmm. To help tell that story, we have engaged the services of a documentary, of a a film company, uh, local uh, film company. And so they're coming in and they're doing some, uh, they're shooting some footage and we're hoping to put together a, you know, a little 15 minute documentary that sort of traces the, the process and capture some of what happened on mm-hmm. film because it's really hard to describe yeah. to people. I mean, I'm saying, mm-hmm. oh, this immersion theater and kids are going to be all these different characters. All right. The other thing we're doing with input from um, Dr. Jennifer Garrett mm-hmm. from the Department of Communication Sciences and Disorders and uh, Dr. Beth Van Meteren from the Early Childhood Center is they're going to be conducting, doing some surveys of um, individuals who come and see the show. Okay to get some information um, about how young people responded mm-hmm. to the experience. And they're going to do uh, something at Cedar Heights School as a follow-up for research as well, okay. uh, based on this idea of concept mapping. So how did a young person's ideas about the moon or yeah. moon education, science education, mm-hmm. uh, change, fluctuate as a result of their participation? That's very interesting. <laughs> I'm so glad they're doing it. And I got my hands full with the show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. great. It is great. It is great. Um, because I think that the next step now, you know, I've been on the show now like, twice talking about the what I feel to be the value of engaging young people with autism in drama and theater. Yeah. Okay. But it's really hard to get hard facts, hard, you know, to collect data. Mm-hmm. All right on how somebody responds to an artistic event. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, that's a little bit harder. And yeah. so, um, you know, I think with this, we're trying to to get at some of the things that I I know happen, where, you know, confidence and uh, trust and engagement and communication and discovery and curiosity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, you know the, we had Dr. Kevin Drow on yeah. about the Spectrum Project, yep. which is happening now. And Yep, it is. And one thing that he's learned over the years is the people, the students involved, get as much or more out of it than the kids. And I'm guessing 
that could be true for for your students. It's 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 not could be. It is true. Yeah, it is true. You know, I there's something about doing something you love in the service of somebody else mm-hmm. that just makes it that much more phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and for many of the university students, this is the first time that they, I think, truly feel that their time investment, their talent, their effort, the hard work has meaning to somebody else mm-hmm. because there's almost an immediate response to what they're giving out, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that that touches you. That just touches right into the heart, very heart of your soul. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it has it helps all of us who do theater remember not to take it for granted that it is. I tell my students all the time, it's powerful juju. It just it just is. Yeah. <laughs> and when your audience is as immediate as this is going to be, I mean, that makes that what's the word I want a relationship between performer and audience just that much more intimate in a way that um, becomes more of an exchange of energy as opposed to I'm performing for you. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's, this is really cool. I, I'm just uh, really blown away by the, the whole thing. Cause I kind of, you've told me what this is, kind of is, but I didn't know to the depths until we had this conversation, yeah, it's... but I'm just really, I just find it so intriguing the whole thing, but yeah, and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I'd love to have the space to create. You know, and and by not by working how I do, I I don't always have it. But I, if I want to, I can take that uh, space to create. And doing this podcast is part Mm -hmm. of part of that for me. But and theater, like just this this performance, there's so much. You're you're building it from scratch. Yeah. There, everybody that you've mentioned, the advisory people, the students, your your team, everyone gets to be part of this. And, and you know people are going to walk away from this and not forget this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it will be memorable. Yeah. It, yeah, and and the students are already saying that because it's for many of them it's the first time they've been involved in a project where an idea that they've put out is it, offered is actually materialized. You know, it they're it has value. Able, they're going to be able to see that. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. can point to it and go, "Oh, that that was something that I offered." Right. That's yeah, and. The flip of that is they're also discovering what how how hard that work is, <laughs> right. um, but but when you own it, there's something different then about your willingness to put all that time and energy mm-hmm. uh, into it, and you know there's something really oh, what's the word liberating about walking into a theater that suddenly doesn't look like a theater anymore. I, it's, when that dome went up. Everything changed. <laughs> yeah, everything changed. So this play is going to be out of this world. Ah, saying. it is. Yes. It yeah. is. I was waiting for yes. someone to work that in. <laughs> you know, if your uh, viewers want to read a little bit more and um, maybe see a picture or two, I would encourage them to get onto space.com. Uh, there is an article that was written by Leonard David um, about the piece. 
And he did a lovely job, um, you know, capturing the essence of what it is we're doing. And there's a couple of photographs there. And okay. All good. Yeah, we'll put that on our website and in the show notes so people can... I'm going to have a lot of show notes. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> what might be fun, Noah, is mm-hmm. for you and Henry and Isaac, if he'll come. Yeah, I, mean, I know how he feels about me in the theater. <laughs> and it's okay. I've, I've come to terms with it. Um, mm-hmm. But for you to come and experience it, and yeah. um, even if it's in rehearsal, and then mm-hmm. talk a little bit about about it, because you know okay. you and, and Henry are both very... Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're, th- you're theater people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're part of the tribe, so. Yep. Yeah. I think, I, I think Isaac would come in for a little bit. Once you get in, there's no way out. I, you know what? I think he would. Yeah. I, I, if I wasn't in sight, I know he would. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you're going to bring him, I'll hide, and we'll just we'll just have him do the yeah. thing, and I'll I be remember, somewhere else. I just remember hearing, like, they were, when tech, the, tech, tech, blah, when the Tectonic Theater did their thing a few years ago, and mm-hmm. the GB Pack. They had, I remember they invited Isaac and dad to go to like a dress rehearsal for it. He stayed for an hour, just sat and watched for an hour. So, yeah. I mean, it's possible. It is. I was sitting, I was, I went to see a show at Gallagher Blue Drone with my class because it was a, uh, Charlotte's Web. And Isaac was there and he, yeah. he loved watching with the show. Class, right? But but it's different from when he walks in the theater and he sees me and it's like, but whoa, he, it's her. But he was with his class, wasn't he? Yeah, he was with his class. See, that's the difference. <laughs> if he goes with us, he doesn't want to go. If he goes to class, but maybe if he good. just goes with Noah and Henry, it would be different. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to test that oh, and see what happens. Could be. We'll see. Stay tuned. We'll let you know what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Cool. All right, Noah, you have any other questions? Um, or Greta, or thoughts? Well, I was thinking about this when you were explaining this. How did he... Okay, so it's like all the... It's 15 actors and 15 young people. They're yeah. like one-on-one pair. Right. Uh-huh. How do you guys rehearse that? Like, when you guys start getting towards, like, runs... Like full show yeah. runs before how you do start we the show. Do that? Yeah, how do you do All that? All right. <laughs> so you're right. It's a real different way of working. So mm-hmm. you heard me use the term that we've got these story scripts. Okay. All right. So you take a look at a regular theater script and mm-hmm. it's you say this, you say this, they say and there's stage directions. All right. Yeah. We have some of that dialogue. Mm-hmm. All right. And those are just sort of placeholders. Okay, but then there's a lot of this, and during this period of time, these things might be happening mm-hmm. in the space. Yeah. And um, so we'll practice those benchmark dialogue things, mm-hmm. all right? And we will practice responding mm-hmm. um, uh, to choices. I mean, yeah. we'll brainstorm choices that young people might make and what our response to that might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll practice, uh, we'll rehearse all the logistical things that need to happen, you know, mm-hmm. how to teach them to hold the button down when they're talking into the mic at Mission Control yeah. and how to open up the systems operation manual and follow the, the picture prompts to, you know, set the, the control boards and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is why we're going to be bringing small groups of young people in okay. to work with. Okay. Yeah, like you and Henry and Isaac, yeah. so we can practice. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. we've built that in to our, our rehearsal period so that, you know, we can test out some ideas. Because in addition to coming and playing a character, we're going to offer you a costume. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> we're going to, yeah, right away. He's in. He's all in, you know. And props. Okay. All right. And, you know, the other thing we're trying to anticipate, all right, well, we've got to have not just one for each kid, but we've got to have a variety of sizes. Oh, yeah. All right. So you've got to have more than 15. And yeah. then we want to make sure that, 
you know, we've got choices so that if someone doesn't like zippers, we've got some with buttons. And if they don't like buttons, we've got some that just sort of, I don't know, tab tie or whatever. And, you know, we want to include young people that might be in, you know, that are physically assisted with a wheelchair or something. So stuff that opens in the back and, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's trying some of that stuff on and the gloves Mm -hmm. and we're not doing helmets because nobody likes to have their face. Oh yeah. All right. But we've got the little, (laughs) the little caps they wore. A little, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, okay. and, the, and we've got little microphones that, you know, and we've got, we're making moon boots. Okay. All right, so that we can leave the right footprint. I mean, we've tried to think of everything. <laughs> I don't think I ever owned a pair of moon boots growing up. Well, They were we, a thing, though, back They were a thing. The, I'm not surprised. the early 80s, maybe. And, uh, yeah, boots. so we bought, yeah. you know, replicas of the boots they wore on the moon, and okay. we're adapting them for young people to wear. In episode... Two, when they are NASA, uh, when they're uh, astronauts in training, they are going to have a NASA hoodie. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've got to have of course, the moving training. stuff and yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. and and you know, with a little you know NASA patch on it. And then episode one, they're just going to be in your own regular clothes because we're going to go exploring. But you're yeah. going to get a backpack with the stuff that you need. You know, your flashlight, your compass, your water mm-hmm. bottle, your map all that stuff yeah yeah that sounds great bandanas mm-hmm. it seems like mark's having is getting his money earned from this. oh we're having <laughs> we're buying so much oh we bought three anti-gravity chairs so that you oh. can sit in those and and think about you know what that motion was like uh-huh. and yeah we put oh yeah we got those and um we have some replica moon rocks mm-hmm and uh, like I said, we're working with the projectionist so that we can project the Earth rise as they saw it when they were on the moon mm-hmm. and, and show video. Yeah. And, yeah. I just remember when, over the last spring break, we went on a band trip down to Florida. Uh-huh. And we spent half a day at NASA. We took like a day trip out to NASA. I think it was Cape Canaveral or something like that. Yep. It's where like all the rockets. Yeah, it's where they it's took where, off from. It's yeah. where the big NASA building right. is. Right. Like, 50 years ago this week, that's where Apollo 9 took off. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, I can tell you've learned a lot from that. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's oh, been a week. oh, I this know. This week, Apollo 9 launched. But <laughs> I'm becoming a space nerd. Oh, my gosh. It's that's, amazing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, but going to NASA and just seeing some of that stuff, I was only there for about two or three hours because that was the amount of time we, were, we had allotted. But it was magical. It is. Because, like, you can... Because, like, you're in the food court, for instance, and you look up, and there's, like, an actual-sized rocket. It's like, that's big. Okay. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, you see, like, spacesuits and stuff and helmets and all that cool stuff. And it's it's your generation that's going to have the next great adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we are going to go to Mars. We are going to have a colony on the moon. There's, there's no doubt about it. In mm-hmm. fact, think of all the countries just this since the first of the year that have launched. China just uh, launched. China, yeah. Israel, uh, Canada yeah. is now, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we know that space is our future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that the more that you can make it real, mm-hmm. um, the less scary or intimidating yeah. it seems. Of course. <laughs> says the theater person who is happy to figure all this out. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, it's much less intimidating than I thought. And mm-hmm. and there are ways to make it accessible so that it's cool rather than, oh, I, I could never learn that. Because you, you can, you really can. And, mm-hmm. you know, what my students are discovering is everything that getting to the moon, how much that accelerated the growth of technology in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows that we got 
you know, freeze-dried fruit tang, you know, the orange freeze-dried uh-huh. food out of the whole thing. But yeah. you know, there were so many other things that, that we learned just about you know, structural engineering and, um, you know, how to manipulate surfaces to make them heat-resistant and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just... Yeah, I just find it amazing that a, a rocket with the, with the computer power of a modern day scientific calculator got us to the moon. Yeah, yeah. There's there, we have more power in your cell phone than what we, that got us to the moon and back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and as the, a computer programmer, I'm I'm just thinking through the logistics of yeah. trying to program what they program on cards. Yeah, and punch, punch cards. cards. Yeah. yeah, and um, so the the computers did some things, but. But a lot of it was engineers' slide rulers, you know, figuring yeah. stuff out. The other yeah. stat that just blew me away is the average age of NASA engineers in mission control the day we landed on the moon, 26. Really? Wow. 26. Wow. 26. That is younger <laughs> than my son. I will ride in the car with him, let alone take me to the moon and back. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, and um, you think about the courage of the individuals who volunteered mm-hmm. to be a part of mm-hmm. the whole thing, yeah. starting with Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this great quote from John Glenn. Uh, John Glenn was the first man to orbit mm-hmm. the Earth. I, was, I, I know you know, but just in case there's someone out there, okay? <laughs> and um, the quote goes something like this, where he's sitting in the little capsule waiting for the launch. And he's sitting there and he's thinking, okay, I'm on top of the world's tallest rocket at that point Mm -hmm. in this little tiny capsule. And I'm going to be shot up into space and come around the earth. And all of this was built by the lowest bidder. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that quote before. Have you? Yeah, that's great. And, you know, if if you um, have seen the movie First Man or you read any of the stuff that and the, and the memoirs of the astronauts who landed on, who went to Apollo 11, mm-hmm. um, they truly felt they had less than a 50% chance mm-hmm. of coming back yeah. alive. I yeah. mean, they, they mm-hmm. really didn't think it was going to happen, and it and it did. Um, yeah, yeah, so we all know that, the happy ending to it, but it, yeah. um, and there's a little bit of compelling drama in there, but... Yeah. Um, and and the other thing that I, I wanted, I know I'm taking a lot of time here, that struck me going back and reading about it again, and we've tried to keep this, find a place for this in our piece, mm-hmm. is that the world celebrated the landing on the moon. It yeah. wasn't a U.S. success. It wasn't a NASA success. It was a humanity. Ooh. It was it's the, sex yeah. of, the, success, the success of humanity. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing like photos of like newspapers, like the main newspaper in Moscow was like, "Yeah, we landed on the moon." Yeah, wasn't us, but landed on the moon. It just yeah, there's a human on the moon. We have footprints on the moon, Mm -hmm. and uh, I I do believe, Noah, in your lifetime you will get to have that kind of Mm -hmm. the experience that I had as a kid. Yeah, moon landing where that will just be, it'll blow your mind away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So come to the theater and yeah, yeah. The, the last uh, thing I'm going to say, and I, I thought of this, and I probably should have said it earlier, is sometimes someone will say to me, "Okay, so this immersion theater—they're coming in, you're in this environment, they're going to play roles." This is how I've defined it to donors. All right, imagine, all right, that you own a museum. 
All right. It can be a museum about anything, but let's pretend it's a space museum. It's a moon museum. Mm -hmm. All right. And Greta shows up with a group of 20 actors. And you say, Greta, come on into my museum. You touch anything you want. You use anything you want. Mm -hmm. And you just make a really cool play. And don't worry if you break something. Don't worry if it's a priceless artifact. You just use whatever you want. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. cool. I, we, we've, I've been to the the museum downtown Waterloo, the... Why am I drawing a blank? I don't uh, know what you're talking about. Blue Darn? Science? No, no, no. no. Uh, by Sullivan? Yeah, the Sullivan Brothers. Yeah. Museum. Oh, the Sullivan Brothers, yep. Yeah. And years ago, I don't know if they still have it, but they had... Uh, you could get a dog tag. Mm -hmm. And then you yeah, walk, take it around, you scan it, and it kind of tells a story about... You kind of take on a persona mm -hmm. as you go around. So I thought that, that maybe helps people feel more part of the whole museum Yeah, it's experience. an interactive thing. You have so, a role to play, yeah. and it's, suddenly what you're looking at has some a, a meaning. You know, there's, yeah, it's a right. little bit more of a personal experience. So mm -hmm. this takes that idea and just enlarges it that much yep. more. Yes. Mm -hmm. that much more. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but we're really trying to blur that line. Well, there will be no line between actor and audience with this yep. one. It's, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I think so. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. All right, Noah, anything else? No, I know we I could sit here and talk all night to Greta. We could, but <laughs> they'll probably get bored after a while. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. All right, Greta, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for letting me come and talk about my piece. And please, if anybody who's listening, if you're interested in seeing uh, the production, please email me. I would love to have you come and be um, a part of it and experience it with your young person. That would be awesome. Great. All right. Thank you so much. And Noah, you have anything else? Nope. All right. Thanks for listening.